And some of you may think, well, this serving thing, and, and, and I'm more of a Mary, not a Martha. I like Martha's. Martha's are good. They do the dishes. They get the food hot. But I like to sit at the feet of Jesus. And, and I just like to come out Sunday morning and sit and watch and I worship. And, but I don't really want to be in the nursery. My name is John, and you're listening to A Word with God. And as always, I have the fantastic, the debonair, Mr. Stan Serkey. Hello. Oh, I thought there was somebody else here. <laughs> you're looking around for like, like, who's the guest tonight? Debonair? debonair Where is he? No. No. no, that's you, Stan. So, we're going through a, a passage, and, and I encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 while we go through it. And the overall title for this is The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now, in this particular uh, message, and as I've said in the last two, it's, it's probably really good, I would say, to get the context from chapter 11 because it, right. it really builds to chapter 12. Mm-hmm. Paul's, Paul's very good at building through the chapters. Yes, he is. And this is a really key book of the Bible when yeah. it comes to understanding yeah. who, what, what it is to be a Christian. Yeah. And Paul's just like point, 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 application. Point, 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 point application. So in this, you've got up to chapter eleven, is all the all these theological points. He's building a theological platform and and foundation, and then he begins to roll it out. So what? And, and, I, and that's the thing you got when you're studying God's word. You ask the so what? Because right. in, in this time that we live in, as Christians, we're just like taking in, taking in, taking in information, knowledge, and if you never get to the so what, you've, you've missed the whole point of studying God's Word. It's it's now, how does this live out in my life? How does this change me? How does this begin to, to form and shape and mold who I am and what I do? Well, it's interesting you say that, because in this particular message, we're talking about being a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at this, and I think that's supposed to be, from what it looks like, a, a constant thought. Yeah. How can I live for God based on the mercy that he's given me, mm-hmm. right? So it's how can I be a better living sacrifice? How can mm-hmm. I live better for God, mm-hmm. right? And not only for God, but to others. Right. <clears throat> now, one of the things that I liked in here, and, and it, it was interesting because I, I hadn't really thought about it too much before, but it's not just sacrificing anything. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something that God wants you to sacrifice. Yeah. And, and, and there's, sort of that, um, there's sort of that idea of Cain and Abel. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, you can sacrifice something, but if it's yeah. not what God wants, it's not going to be pleasing. Yeah, that's worthless. Yeah, so you know, how how do we sort of figure out what God wants hmm. us to do? I know that's a really broad yeah, question, it is. To and, ask. It's, and it's huge. And but here, here's the thing: people get caught up into this. Like, does God want me to turn left? Does God mm-hmm. want me to turn right? Does yep. He want me to marry this person, that person, buy this house, take this job? It's it's go back to principles. Go back to character. And God is very articulate on who he wants you to be. 
And it's to pattern your life after Jesus Christ. It's to pattern your life after the one who came and lived the kind of life that God wants us all to live. So if you need a, a pattern to run after, you look at what. how did Jesus live? How did Jesus uh, live his life out? And there we see the kinds of things then that that we need to be sacrificing in order to um, in order to be fulfilling what what does God want in my life? Hmm. Well, you know what? We're going to go through that in the message this evening. So we'll get into the message. And I know, Stan, you've already gone through a lot of these points in terms mm-hmm. of trying to understand that sort of that north, that right. north point that we should be going for and focusing in on. So let's get going in the message then. And Paul keeps bringing that up all through the letter. All through the letter. Get your act together. Stop fighting. Start working together. And, uh, and it says, everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. Word there is the idea of be sane. Think sanely. Don't think insanely in the church. That you would think would be a natural. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. God is consistent. How we do things changes and moves all around us. The what is static. The what is static. As God has allowed it, as God has divided... Anybody here like elderberry pie? Okay, that's godly pie. Pumpkin pie, I give that to my dog. That's an ungodly pie. I don't know why you would eat a pumpkin in a pie. It's just... It's a gourd. It's a gourd, yeah. It should be out in the garden and being used for Halloween, but don't put it in a pie. Elderberries is God's godly pie. Blueberries comes next and then maybe cherry. But it's the idea of a pie here, and it's like, it's like you're all around the table, and if I cut half the elderberry pie and take it, and, and then there's not enough for every... It's, it's the idea that every person at the table gets a piece of the pie. It, it, there's enough pie for everybody. It's not that you're at the table, oh, I didn't get no pie. I, can't, I guess I can't do anything. I didn't get the pie. And he's talking about the pie of faith here. Well, I would be a living sacrifice, but I don't have the faith because God didn't give me the blame shifting. It's God's fault that I'm not a sacrifice. It's God's fault that I'm not doing what I know. If he'd have let me, I would, but he didn't. As God has allotted, as God has divided up the pie to each, to each follower of Jesus, a measure of faith. And some of you may think, well, this serving thing, and, and, and I'm more of a Mary, not a Martha. I like Martha's. Martha's are good. They do the dishes. They get the food hot. But I like to sit at the feet of Jesus. And, and I just like to come out Sunday morning and sit and watch and I worship. And, but I don't really want to be in the nursery. 
I mean, the idea of cleaning a child's and taking a spatula and washing, this is not my thing. And, and so I'm not the serving kind. It's for other people. I, I want to bury it like the rich young man. I mean, I've got this thing, but, but I, I just don't want, I, I, can't, I just don't want to use it. And, or maybe I'm too old or I'm too busy or I don't know enough. Or here, here's, the, here's the kicker. You know, I don't think I really have a gift. You know, uh, I mean, you can't give what you don't have. And, and I really, I've been looking and thinking about this, and I have really no gift to give the body of Jesus. I'm pretty lame, and I really haven't got a lot going. So, I mean, I think just sitting here and holding the... I had a girl work for me once, and, um, and, and I used to come in. There's nothing if you work for somebody, and it's January, and there's no business going on, and there's no money coming in. And, and your boss walks to the door, and you're leaning on the counter to hold. I said to her once, I said, I fixed that. It doesn't float any longer. You don't have to lean on the counter. You can sweep the floor. You can move things around. Like, stay busy. Even if it's make work busy, do something when the boss isn't making any money because he doesn't like having to pay for you when you're doing nothing. And so some of us have that attitude. Well, it's just nothing I can do. It's just nothing here, and I don't have anything to give. And, and um, God's answered this problem, though. One source is Paul. Paul has something to say about this in Galatians 5.13. He says, you're commanded to serve. I'm commanded to serve. But, well, but I... I you're commanded to serve. Galatians 5. Well, that's Paul. Peter, uh, you were created to serve. 1 Peter 4.11. That's why you were created. That's why you're put on this. And you go like, okay. Paul and Peter. Paul is kind of... Paul's kind of a snob. And, and, and Paul is just... I mean, he's a grading kind of person. And he's really type A personality. And, and like maybe... And Peter's always getting things wrong. You, I mean, just read the Gospels. He even made so many mistakes. Maybe that's... Well, what's Jesus got to say about this? Remember, remember they had this thing where, where they divided stuff up? Okay. And, and they had a bunch of servants. And so I got a servant over here. And, and it's, the guy has, has like 10, 10, 10 things. And he gives the servant 10 things. And he gives this servant five things. And, and this guy over here, he's going, I need to do something for him. But I'll give him one thing. And he gives, he's like, surely he can handle one thing. So he goes on this trip, and he goes along, you know, and he goes, like, off and does his thing. And it, after some time, he comes back, and he goes, hey, 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 Sam, I, I gave you the things, like the ten things. How did you do? And Sam goes, I, I, I made ten more things. I've got twenty things now. I have my thing, the things that you gave me. And now, and, and this guy comes out, and he says, well, well, I did pretty good, too. I had five things. And, uh, and, and I've got five more things. I've doubled the things that I've got. And the master's going, that's really cool. And he comes back, okay, okay, I'll give you one thing to do. And how did it go? The one thing, he says, well, well uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I know that you really wanted me to do well with the thing, but I got thinking, you know, what if I do the thing and I lose the thing and I have no thing and you come back and, and I've got to answer the question, what did I do with the thing? And, 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 and I say, I don't have it, I lost it, and, and you're going to be really upset with me. 
So I took it and I buried it in a hole in the backyard and I got the thing. I, I, I got my thing. I kept it. I didn't lose it. And here's the thing. The guy missed the point of the whole thing. It was to take what I have and risk it and use it with abandon in the service of my Lord. Here's what Jesus said to him. You lazy. You know, right about there, if I was the guy with the one thing, I'd be going, you know what? This isn't quite turning out how I thought it might turn out. Uh, Maybe I made a mistake here. You lazy, wicked My dad said that, or my grandfather said this about a dog we had once. You good for nothing. It's Jesus. If I have my thing and I don't use the thing that God gave me in the service of what God has created me for, of what he's commanded me to do, then I am lazy, wicked, and good for nothing. That's sobering. In a world and a time where commitment, in a world and a time where the clock is ticking out, in a world and a time where the need is so great in the body, and around the body. Hi, I'm Stan, your teacher at A Word With God. I hope you've been enjoying our series in the book of Romans. And if it's kind of piqued your interest about becoming a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're just interested in checking out church another time, uh, we would invite you to join us at Evangel Community Church in Kitchener, Ontario. John, why don't you tell folks how to find us? Yeah, we're at uh, 112 Spadina Road West here in Kitchener, and we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 11.15. Love to see you come out for that. Need the right attitude. Number two, God intended you to serve with others. Verse 4, 4. Because just as we have many members, that's 1 Corinthians 11, talks about all that, members in the body, many parts. You know, you've got 56 major parts that keep you running in your body. 56 major systems keeping you going, sucking air in, blowing it out, walking, eating, talking. Some of you wear that one out really well. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members, all the parts, don't have the same function, the same work to do, so we are many, the church, in your church, there's many in your church, are one body in Christ. We work together for the benefit of the body. Who's the head of the body? Jesus. Right. And individually, members for one another. That means I serve you, you serve me. We benefit one another in the body as we serve back and forth. So you need to write right attitude. God intended you to serve with others. Use what you have for the body. Verse 6, since. 
because we have gifts that differ. I, I don't have gifts that you have. I, I mean, I, I am, I, we're not all the same. They don't, I, since we have gifts that differ according to, means to in alignment with, to complement, according to the grace given us. God, God has chosen. He's given you a gift and he's given you gifts. You at least have one. Many of you have a lot. And he chose, he put you in the churches that you are in. He puts you in the bodies that you are in for a purpose. He has a plan. And it's pleasing to him. Such as to exercise them accordingly. And then he gives us some bushel baskets. I like bushel baskets. We put things in bushel baskets. They stay there. And, and, and my grandfather, we had a big orchard and we had Macintosh and we had spies. Like nothing makes a pie like spies. Okay, if you... If, if you're learning how to cook, you need to make apple pie with spy apples. And we had plums, and we had grapes. So baskets were a big thing in our family. We had lots of baskets in our family. And so he has some big baskets, and he just, he's going to talk about seven gifts. And he's going to say, like, like here's, some, here's some food for thought of areas that you may be gifted in. And so we start off with uh, confronters, prophecy. That's the first basket. The idea of speaking forth God's word, declaring God's purposes. Uh, one person put it, to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And that's uh, a kind of an elder's gift. It's kind of, and, and not, not all elders have it, not all people who have it are elders, but that tends to be an elder's gift. And to according to the portion of his faith, your conviction, that's what the word faith means there. Individually, corporately, we have caretakers. That's the second basket. This describes a lot of what deacons do. If serving in his service, in his serving, proclaiming, promoting the things of God, any act of service, spiritual or physical. So we have confronters, we have caretakers, we have confirmers. He who teaches in his teaching, formal, informal, small groups, maybe in soul care, uh, instructors in following God. Let me break it down for you. Let me give it to you in some pieces that you can do it in. That's the, that's the kind of person who's, who is a uh, confirmer. We have comforters in verse 8. He who exhorts in his exhortation. Bringing comfort, coming alongside. There are people who have that gift. Um, Rachel, here, you are, you are a comforter. If you are throwing up in the toilet and there's Rachel there and me there, I would suggest you ask Rachel to help you. I will stand back 12 feet and go, how's it going? Can I throw you a towel? Are you finished yet? Um, you know, can I turn some music on to make it more comfortable for you? That's my idea of bringing car. I mean, it's just not my thing. I mean, I can do it. I had children. I had to clean up puke and mine afterwards as we were doing it. But I mean, that's just not my thing. But Rachel will be there holding your hand, wiping your, having a wet cloth on your brow and, and, and kneeling down in front of that great white throne with you as you're throwing up. That's just the kind of woman she is. Not so much me. Comfort, if you're a comforter, comfort. He who exhorts in his exhortation. Conduits, he who gives with liberality. And that means single-heartedness, single-minded. Some of you are givers. You give time, you give energy, you give finances. People just tell you about some project and you're going, 
I'm on that. I can help in this way. I can help with this amount. And uh, no ulterior motives and, and humility mixed in with that. Conveners. He who leads. This is another elder kind of gift. He who brings order, protects, gives aid. Do it with diligence, earnestness, quick. Be hardworking. And those who are companions. He shows mercy. He who gives help with cheerfulness. This idea of making up your mind to do it, do it. Make up your mind to do it and do it. Don't just talk about it, do it. So here's six things, quick. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're to serve in the body. This is how we primarily worship. You cannot begin to worship unless you're serving. That's where it begins, putting yourself on the altar. Number two, you serve God as an act of giving, not for what you get. That's worship 101. You do not come to a worship service to get. You come to give worship to the one who is worthy of your worship. You have no right in saying, well, I didn't get anything out of that this morning. It wasn't for you. It was for him. Thirdly, there's no such thing as salvation without transformation. If you are a stunted person who came to Christ 30 years ago, said a prayer, and nothing has changed in your life, nothing, you've got to ask a question. What was it that happened? Fourthly, serving begins with a choice. It's initiated by the gospel, powered by the Holy Spirit. You, you, will not, you have to choose today. You have to choose to step out and to become involved, to put it off and say, you know what, in September when I get back after the holiday season and when things get kind of straightened around, you know, I'm going to look into this service thing a little bit more. No, don't do that. You will never get around to it. It's just like daughter had to clean her room by a choice. You've got to clean your room. And it's your serving room. It only comes by a choice, and it only comes when you make that choice and begin to act on it, and then the Holy Spirit enters into it and empowers you. And um, fifthly, be obedient to serve the body with the gifts that God has given you. And sixthly, not knowing what your gifts are is not an excuse. I'll tell you what, there are people in your church, there are people around you that if you ask them, what are my gifts? They would just say, like, I know exactly right now. I see what you do, and I see you doing it every week, and here's what I think your gifts are, and, and here's at least some areas. To, and I bet you your elders can do that. Your pastor can do that. There is no excuse for not knowing what God has gifted you. And you know what? Try the Russian roulette thing, and, and, and you go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve for three months in an area. <laughs> Bang, I'm going to go out, I'm going to serve in this area, and at the end of three months, you will know whether that's your gift or not. That is not my gift. Um, The nursery is somebody else's gift. And you go, another one. No, junior high, that's not my thing. Ushering, I like ushering. I like taking care of people. I like making sure the lights are turned off. I'm a detail person. That fits me just like that. Father, we give thanks to you that we have all of these gifts in this room. This room is packed full of gifted people. This room is jam-packed with choice servants of Jesus Christ who have at their disposal, 
who have at their fingertips gifts that you have poured into their life that they could serve the body, that the greater kingdom things would take place and be done, that your gospel would go out, that sheep would be mentored and pruned and taken care of, and Father, that you have given all of these gifts that the body would be edified, that men and women and boys and girls would serve Jesus with all of their heart and all of their life, and that we would minister to one another in a day and an age where people are so alone and so empty and so desiring that someone would wrap an arm around them and say, you are loved. And so in these moments right now, you can make a decision to serve. Maybe you've got your big toe in the pool and you're just serving a little bit. And you know God's given you time and energies. The greatest servants, when we were in St. Thomas at Faith Baptist Church, 700 people were our seniors. That church ran because of our seniors and children come to Jesus, and teenagers came to Jesus, and people were getting baptized almost weekly, and it was our seniors who served that body. And we are in a great debt of gratitude to them. Maybe that's you. But your time and your attention has been taken elsewhere. To the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh the pride of living life. Well, Stan, thanks for the message this evening. And again, we're going to be wrapping up Romans. Right. Very soon. Very soon. We're almost there. So I encourage you to come out next week as well, listening to the program, uh, getting ready for it. And even if you want to cheat a little bit and read ahead, that's perfectly fine. Reading ahead is perfectly fine. Is it okay to read the Bible ahead? Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) So we'd encourage you to join us next week again. And as always, remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Life